You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Well, good morning again. We are in home stretch, finishing the Journey of Faith Part 2 today. I want to welcome those of you who are listening by podcast and want to invite all of you listening and uh, those of you live here in the room to turn in your Riverside apps to the live event notes. And you can also look in your bulletins to find the hard copy notes if you'd like to follow along today. As we continue in this series in the book of Hebrews, we're going to be in that New Testament book that we began last week. And if you need a paper Bible, there are some down in the racks below the chairs if you'd like to follow along there. You can do that. Hebrews 3 is where we're going to be. And really, as we said last week... This uh, book was really a, a message or a series of messages that was turned into a, a letter at the end of it. And our experience over these next couple of months is we're going to walk verse by verse, chapter by chapter through that. So we began last week in chapters one and two, and we simply began this series by asking the question, why settle for less? Why settle for less than the best? And we talked about that if we worship something other than Jesus or uh, we, dr- we neglect something other than Jesus, we tend to drift away from our Heavenly Father. And the, the writer of Hebrews basically kept saying, Jesus is better. Jesus is better than your Old Testament system. He's better than your sacrificial system. He's better than angels. He's better than the prophets. He's better than the written word. He's better than the spoken word. He is the very, very best. And so that was kind of the way that we kicked off this series. And then today we're going to be in chapter three and we're going to be talking about matters of the heart. And so I want to just begin right out of the gate by simply saying that the very first thing that we're going to notice here is that who we follow matters. That actually does have implications for our lives now and for eternity as well. And I want you to think just for a minute, how many of you have a Twitter account? You have people that you follow. Yeah. How many of you on Facebook? You have people that you follow there and you pay attention to there. We all have people uh, and, uh, and pe- people through social media that we follow. Now, maybe they're celebrities. Maybe they're athletes. Maybe they're specific companies or specific product that you follow. Maybe it's musicians or politicians or authors, or maybe you follow the, the church or maybe a pastor or somebody. But it really does matter who it is that you follow. And the writer of Hebrews finds himself in that first century talking to a group of people who were trying to determine, are we going to follow at Jesus or are we going to follow at Moses? And really this whole opening conversation that we're going to see is that the people of Israel, these new Christians, were struggling with bringing their Christianity back into the Old Testament system. They loved Moses. They loved following Moses. He was the preeminent person that the Jews really looked to, and he was kind of their model of what uh, awesome life in God would look like. Moses was the, uh, as best as we know, the author of the first five books, the Pentateuch of the Bible, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He was the author of that. He had been the one who had received the Ten Commandments. He had helped uh, so many people in so many ways get out of their exile uh, in Egypt. And he, as we see, he was a servant in God's house, and God had called him. But what we're about to see as we look in Hebrews chapter 3 is that Jesus is so much better than Moses. He is the one that we need to truly be following. So as you think about your own social media use, you think about the people that you pay attention to and you put up on a pedestal, what, Mo, what, what the writer of Hebrews is calling them to is to say, you know what, Moses was okay, but wait till you see Jesus. He's even better. So here we go. 
Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those who are called to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. He says, think carefully or fix your eyes upon Jesus. Focus on Jesus. He uses the term that that Jesus is God's messenger and apostle. It's the only time that this word is used here. It means one who is sent. Jesus had been sent by God to the people, and he was high priest. For he was faithful to God who appointed him, just as, here's Moses again, just as Moses served faithfully when he was entrusted with God's entire house. But Jesus, notice this, deserves far more glory than Moses. Just as a person who builds a house deserves far more praise than the house itself. For every house has a builder, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a what? Come on, you can do it with a little more enthusiasm. You're right out there. Come on, he's a what? He's a servant, yeah. His work was an illustration of the truths that God would reveal later. But Christ, as the Son, is in charge. Last week we read that he was a leader. He's our hero. He's our founder. He is our captain. He is the one that we look to. He is the one that we follow. He's in charge of God's entire house, and we are God's house. If we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ... We follow Jesus because he is the son who is in charge. He is sent by God. We listen to him because he's God's messenger to us. And we have direct fellowship with our heavenly father because of what Jesus did in his role as high priest for each one of us. We obey him because he is entrusted with God's entire house. Moses led the people out of slavery. He led them out of bondage and led them out of the Egyptian oppression that they were in. Jesus is better because he leads us out of sin's oppression and sin's bondage and the captivity that we have to our sinful nature in what he did at the cross. So when you think about the significance and the preeminence and the superiority of Christ as compared to Moses, it refocuses and realigns us to who it is that we follow because who we follow does really matter. What implications does that have to how you live your life every day, the decisions that you make, the choices, the actions of your life? It should have a dramatic impact. You should not say, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, and then live completely apart from what he asks you to do and what he calls you to be as a person. So that has a huge implication. It's a matter of the heart, but that's not all that the writer says. He talks to us next and really depicts for us very clearly that the condition of our heart matters. That's why he says in verse 7, that's why the Holy Spirit says, and then this whole rest of these verses that we're about to look at is really an exegesis, a verse-by-verse kind of pulling out of a text from the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 95. If you want to jot that down and look at it later, that's exactly what he's going to be talking about. And he's going to just pull that Old Testament text apart and apply it to what he's talking about to these first century Jesus followers. So he says, That is why the Holy Spirit says, today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled, when they uh, tested me in the wilderness. 
Now, he's referring, when he talks about them hardening their hearts, he's talking about a a text in Numbers chapter 14, a very specific instance that occurred that happened during the time of the Exodus. And it says that they rebelled. It's the only time the author uses this word. It means to embitter. It means they were angry with God. And they pushed back and they shoved back at God. And their hearts were hard. There, your ancestors tested and tried my patience even when they saw my miracles for 40 years. So they saw firsthand all this amazing stuff. They knew from their youngest years of what they'd been taught about who God was, his character and his nature and his work, and they hardened their hearts. They rebelled. They tested God in this season. It says, so I was angry with them. And I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Then he says, be careful then, my brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day. Notice the the fact that it's every day. While it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believe, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it that rebelled against God even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for all those years in the wilderness? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? In other words, they came out of slavery and oppression in Egypt. They had all these years to get, all this time to get to the land of Canaan, the promised land. And because they rejected, because they rebelled, because their hearts were hard, they died there in the wilderness and they never got to experience the promise that God had offered them. To whom was God speaking when he took an oath that, he would never in, that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Now those verses really challenge us to obey, to exercise faith, and to put our trust in God. We're called to persevere and to rest in these verses. Notice that there's a sense of urgency, as I said earlier. While it is today, there's a sense that today is the day. If you hear his voice, do not delay. Respond to the voice of God as he speaks to you. And as Donnie was just saying a minute ago, students, this week we're hearing God's voice. And what do you do with what it is that you hear him? Don't harden your hearts, the author says. We're challenged to be aware of the unbelief that comes when we neglect God's word. It's one thing to trust the Lord for that saving work and that redeeming work in us, but it's quite another thing entirely to surrender our wills and our lives to him on a daily basis for guidance and wisdom. And far too many Jesus followers that I encounter are still wandering around in the wilderness of defeat, the wilderness of unbelief, They've been delivered from Egypt, but they have yet to go into the land of Canaan, into that the place where they can claim their inheritance, the victory and the blessing that Jesus offers. And the writer very clearly talks about what happens in that process when our hearts become hard. We turn away from God when we stubbornly refuse 
to believe him. We start to drift, then deception creeps in, and we don't see it, but other people around us, they see the fact that we're in deception. They see that something's not right, and then we doubt. Next, we refuse to listen to and to heed the wise counsel of those around us who love us and who care about us, and we continue to go on in our stubbornness until we refuse totally, we disobey, we live in disobedience, and we become dull to the things of God. That's the trajectory of a heart that was once soft but becomes hard. And if we persist in our unbelief, God will leave us alone in our sin. So the writer says, do not, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. So we have to take a few moments this morning to do a heart check. And I can't do this for you. You have to do this yourself. You have to allow God's spirit to a little bit of access inside to begin to speak to you so that you can hear his voice, so that there can be a searching of your heart, so that God can show you where you're at in your relationship with him today. And maybe some of you, you're not there yet. You haven't made a decision to follow Jesus. Others of you, you're here today and you know your heart is hard. You know that things aren't where they should be and you don't even realize, oh my goodness, it's happened, but you're hearing the voice of the spirit today and you're aware of the distance between you and God. So as we do this heart check, I want to ask you, uh, how many of you have heard of the restaurant Lambert's? Anybody here in the room? It's, there was, it's one, I, 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 there's a few of them around the country, I think, but there's one very close to where uh, my wife and I are from in Missouri. It has a title. It's called Lambert's Home of the Throwed Rolls. Well, today, we are Riverside Community Church, Home of the Throwed Rolls. How many of you could say that when you go to a restaurant, you enjoy the bread experience as much as anybody else and much as anything else, okay? Let me see your hands, okay? When you go, it's, you know, you're like, I love, love, love good bread, all right? Keep your hands up, all right? Let me see, okay, great. So if the person next to you has fallen asleep, please awake them because the rolls are about to fly, all right? So let me see your hands again. You love the bread experience just as much as anybody. All right, back there in the corner, it's going up. Be ready. Hang on just a minute. I'm going to get my arm. <laughs> Going deep. Oh, yes. All right. Here we go. All right. Who else? Who else? Where else are we? Right there. All right. Come on here. Here we go. Brother and sister are going to fight over that one. All right. Going deep to the corner. Who's up? Whose hands are up? Okay. Here we go. Are we ready? Oh, one-handed. Very nice, very nice. I got one more right over here. All right, good catch. All right, so don't fall asleep in church. You just never know what's going to happen. All right, so now those of you who love bread, my, my guess is right about now you might be slightly disappointed. What did you get when you caught that? It's a rock. That bread has been sitting out in my house getting hard all week long. It's a brick, is it not? That's why I was saying, please don't fall asleep. It's hilarious when you go into Lambert's. Bread is constantly rolls. They're, get your hot rolls here. They're just hurling that stuff all over the place. Great experience. You should experience it sometime. But here's the idea. A hardened heart is about as useful as hardened bread which is simply to say that it is useless. 
about all you get out of that is a good rock. And that may be the condition of your heart today. That it is just rock solid and it doesn't happen overnight. When I bought those rolls, they were soft and they were tender and you could open them up and you could smell them and it just, you know, that yeast smell was so good and you can eat them and they're just outstanding. A hard heart happens over the course of time. You don't necessarily make a decision one day, my heart's going to be hard. It happens over a time period. People with hardened hearts are stubbornly set in their ways. They can't turn to God without His help. Nothing can restore it and make it useful. That bread is just nothing now. It's worth nothing to you. In your notes, how do you know that your heart is hard? Well, I know my heart is hard when I disobey the voice of God and I act in accordance with my own desires. I want my stuff more than I want God's stuff. I don't want to believe Him. I don't want to trust Him. I, want, I test Him. I rebel. And I'm guessing that's the exact same way that it is for you. You can know that your heart is hard when you're hearing the voice of God or maybe you've stopped hearing the voice of God. You see, God continues to speak. He continues to speak. But eventually, if you harden your heart, you'll stop hearing the voice of God. You'll stop he you're hearing his conviction. You'll stop hearing his whispers. You'll stop hearing his, um, his encouraging words, his convicting words. And that is a very, very scary place to be. Because as we see in this text, extremely clearly, and it's not something that we enjoy really talking about, but the truth is that God gets angry. He got angry with the people of Israel. He doesn't wink at, nor does he, is he indifferent to our sin. Rebellion has consequences. And his anger isn't an emotional reaction. It is his just displeasure to sin and to a hard heart. But the good news, and it's unbelievably good news for all of us in this place, is that God can give us new hearts new desires, and new spirits, and he can take those, soft, those hard hearts and he can make them soft again. Now, for those of you who have a hard brick roll in your hand, could you please join me down here around the front? And you're like, oh, I'm giving this to somebody else. Please, please come. Because you, not only in a spiritual sense, but today you have an opportunity to exchange that hard brick of a roll for fresh, warm, awesome bread. And we have butter and we have, we have grape jelly. So if, you're at, if, you, if you were them, how many of you would choose the grape jelly? Uh, we have strawberry jelly. How many would choose the strawberry? And how many are going for raspberry? Okay, all right. So all of you can exchange here. You can put your old one in there and you can get this. And there are knives. And please help yourselves right there. Please enjoy. You can, you can take a whole, do you, no, 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 you got the whole thing there, man. Come on, take the whole thing. Sweet tea. Uh, sweet tea, I left at home, okay? Anybody else? Here, you, you got to have a whole one there. You didn't take the whole thing. I don't want to leave any behind. Okay, there you go. Who else has got a, uh, he didn't get the whole thing. All right, so, there you go, Josh. Come on now, you don't want to be left out. Okay, so, you guys keep doing what you're doing. Take your turns and enjoy that. So, now, for the rest of us here, as you're watching them, what did they have to do in order to get rid of that hard roll? They had to move. They had to get up, and they had to do something. 
in order to respond to that invitation to change that hard roll out for a nice, soft roll. And you have my full permission, blessing, and encouragement to eat it while I continue to talk, all right? Not that I could stop you anyway. Uh, enjoy that. Now, they're, not only are they exchanging that hard brick of a roll for something that's soft and tender, and awesome, but there's also more that comes with that. There's the butter, and you get to slather that all on. I don't have honey butter, sorry, but uh, you get, you know, grape jelly and strawberry jelly, and you get the raspberry jelly, and it's all so much better than just the plain thing that they did have. And you can feel free to share it with the people around you, or not, you know, whatever. So the point is for you and for me today, what are we going to do about the condition of our hearts? This is our chance to know where we are with our Heavenly Father as it relates to our hearts. To prevent yourself from having a hard heart, you've got to spend time with God. You've got to be open to the things of God. You've got to be willing to be able to uh, be open and honest and barren right before your Heavenly Father and allow Him to soften your heart. You spend time with other believers. That's why we're so big on connection and community so that we can watch each other. Remember it said we warn each other daily about the condition of our hearts. As long as it's called today, we're supposed to try to help each other to not allow our hearts to get hard. We've got to be aware of the attraction of sin because it attracts and then it destroys. And if we don't pay attention, our hearts will slowly but surely become hard. So are you open today? to being who your heavenly Father wants you to be? Are you open to do what your heavenly Father is asking of you to do? Are you testing the Lord? Are you in outright rebellion against God? Today, if you're hearing His voice, don't harden your heart. Because when you do, when your heart becomes like this, and it's a mess, you can't truly enter God's rest. And finding your rest in God matters. It has huge implications as it relates to your life. He goes on in verse 1 of chapter 4. He says, God's promise. Now, this is the first time we're going to see promises throughout the book of Hebrews, but this is the first time this idea of promise starts to enter in. God's promise of entering his what? His rest still stands. So God promised it to the nation of Israel. They messed it up. Their hearts were hard. They rebelled and they tested God. And he said, nope, you won't enter the rest. But now the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, we still have that opportunity in our generation. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest. It's great news. It's awesome news that God has extended his rest to us. Has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest, even though this rest had been, has been ready since he made the world. 
He goes on, he says, we know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. And now he's going to quote a text in Genesis, in the very first part of the, the Bible, Genesis. It says, on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage that we were just studying that was Psalm 95, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. So, God's rest is there for people to enter, but those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is when? It's when? Today is the day for you and for me. God announced this through David in Psalm 95, much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. So, when we have hard hearts, we can't fully embrace God's rest that he has for us. And rest in the scriptures is depicted in four primary ways, and I put them right in your notes so you could just kind of follow along there. The, The first one is literally the seventh day, the Sabbath that God set when he rested. That principle has been given to us and nothing has changed. We are to take time every week to reassess ourselves, to realign ourselves, to rest and to be in the presence of God and get body rest, get spirit rest, get soul rest, and refocus ourselves on what God has for us. The second kind of rest is the land of Canaan rest, where they were free from that whole tension of time that they were in. They were the rest of victory in the midst of the trials, their specific time frame, unique to the people of Israel at that time. There's also constantly in Scripture talking about the idea of spiritual rest, and that's peace with God now because of our relationship with Christ through faith. We cease from our best efforts from our work, and we no longer strive for God's acceptance. So if you're here this morning and you're trying to pull yourself up by your best religious bootstraps, last week we said that better than our rituals, better than our religion, better than our rites, better than our practices, better than our buildings, better than our prayers, better than our best, 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 best day, Jesus is better, and he's best And we don't have to strive any longer for God's acceptance. We trust in the finished work at the cross that Jesus completed. And then lastly, the scriptures continually talk to believers, to followers of Christ, that there will be an eternal rest, there will be heavenly rest, where we will be face-to-face at peace with our God. So are you weary today? You come into this place and you're seated and you are exhausted because it has been weeks or months since you have embraced, embraced the Sabbath rest. Today, if you are weary, rest. If you are constantly striving, rest. If you are failing to trust the Lord in the circumstances that you find yourself in today, If there's uncertainty, if there are hard times, God invites you to rest in Him. Are you far from God? You're coming into this place and you're saying, I don't know if I can find this peace and this rest. God extends it to you because of what Christ did on Calvary. He died in your place. He was resurrected for new life for you to have rest. Not for you to sit back on your laurels and not do anything in life, but so that no matter what you face, there can be an internal peace that would pass all understanding. You could have that rest that God offers you. Are you coming home today? Rest. 
What's keeping you, wherever you find yourself, what's keeping you from entering the rest that God is extending to you? Don't let anything stand between you and the rest that God gives you. Who you matters, who you follow matters. It really does. You don't just say, I'm a follower of Jesus and then live life however you choose. It really has significance because who you follow and how you follow will determine how you rest and who you rest in. What is the condition of your heart? Is your heart, is your heart hard today? Is there just this sense of I'm pushing back against God or I'm really not giving God the, the time of day? Have you just gotten so busy or maybe so wounded or so hurt that your heart has become hard? Maybe it's against somebody else. Maybe you and God are, are doing pretty well. At least you think you are, but then you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know what, but, but him? No, 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 no. I'm not touching that. Your heart is hard against somebody else. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a parent or a child. Maybe it's somebody that you work with. Maybe it's another a sibling, a brother, or a sister. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and we're going to conclude with a time of prayer. I want you to have an opportunity to do something with what you've heard this morning. And in a moment, we're going to pray, and then we're going to stand, and we're going to give you a chance to respond. And this altar is going to be open all the way around the front, the sides. There will be people out on either side that are here today specifically to pray with you. And maybe your prayer is simply, I am out of control. I am working too many hours, and I am not at all at rest. Maybe for others of us, we know that there's relational tension between us and God. We are in a place where we are testing Him or we are pushing back against Him. And it's time today to soften your heart, to allow God to tenderize your heart so that you can be pliable in his hands. Don't push back on him today. Embrace that Holy Spirit's call in your heart today. Come and find a place to talk to Jesus about those things. For others of us, we're thinking of somebody right now that we really, really, really wish was here today because we know their heart is hard and we desperately want them to have a soft and a tender heart before God. And we wish like everything they were here, come and talk to Jesus about that person or those people. Ask him to break through their hard heart and get them to a place where they are tender and soft and pliable in Jesus' hands. I don't know how this lands with you today, but I do know that these matters of the heart truly do have significance for the whole of our lives, not just now, but for eternity. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for leaving these words in Hebrews, preserving them for us that we might have the clarity today to examine our own hearts. Forgive us, Lord, for those times that we follow others more than we do you. Help us to care about those today who aren't following you, who we know good and well deep down inside their hearts are hard. And we wish they were here today. We wish they could hear this. We wish that they would be tender, that they would be open, that they would be soft in your hands. But right now, they're just not in that place. So God, we're asking you for breakthroughs. We're asking you to give us grace 
give us strength and to bring change into their lives. That the time of wandering in the wilderness would end. The time of rebelling, testing you, would, would come to a completion. Lord, would you examine our own hearts, those ways in which we're struggling with our belief. We struggle with doubt. We struggle with rebellion and deceit. Lord, if there's somebody here or, or several people in this room that are constantly battling that deception right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, that by your power, you would break that deception, that you would break through and you would shine a light into a very dark heart that those hearts that are hardened would be soft today. Thank you for your faithfulness to us, for not giving up on us, for allowing us to exchange our hard hearts for soft new hearts, new wills, new spirits, new souls. Help us, Lord, to enter your rest. Help us on this home stretch to finish our journey of faith well. Help us to put our trust in you, our belief in you, and what you did at the cross on our behalf. Now, Lord, as we worship, as we respond to you in song, as we pray for each other, as we pray for others and for ourselves, as we respond to the whispers of your Holy Spirit, help us to not harden our own hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.